even our decision-making ability, when we've decided with the help of Christ and with the Holy Spirit that we're going to treat other people the way that we want to be treated, we make better decisions. For example, when we get on the interstate and somebody cuts us off, if we're living by the golden rule, there's no road rage. <laughs> I want to welcome you to Bridges today. Today we are going to talk about the golden rule. And I'm so glad that all of you could come out to WHTN as well today as we talk about the golden rule. And I thought that I uh, wanted to find like a modern day story of somebody following the golden rule. And so when you want to do that, like what you do is you go to Google. You know, I picked up my phone and I said, okay, Google. I'm looking for a story about the golden rule. And lots and lots of stuff came up. But there was one story that really drew my attention. And it was by, from a guy by the name of Kent Nurburn. And I don't know about you, but that last name is kind of hard for me to say, Nurburn. So I practiced a lot before I got here today. <laughs> but Kent Nurburn, at one time in his life, was a cab driver. And he says that he wasn't a cab driver because that was like his dream job. It was just out of necessity. And you know and I know sometimes you just get a job because you need the money. And so he was doing like the, the midnight shift and he got a call, he said, about 2 o'clock in the morning. And it said to go do a pickup at, you know, XYZ apartment complex. So he got there, you know, about 2.15 and he was thinking, you know, that the person would kind of be ready, standing at the door ready to come out. He sits there, nobody comes out. And so he decides this time he's going to walk up to the place. And it, he said it was like a fourplex apartment. And he gets to that front door, and still nobody's there. So he rings the buzzer, and he decides to wait just a couple of minutes because it's taking a long time. And he said most cab drivers would just leave, but he just felt like that day that he should stay. And then in a few seconds, uh, an older woman comes out, and she's having a really hard time with the bulkiness of her luggage. And so he reaches out to help her with that luggage. And she says to him, you know, I, I don't have any family left. I'm all alone. And he says, oh, okay. So he helps her with the luggage to the cab. And she says, you know, I talked to my doctor. And he says that it's time for me to go into a nursing home. So this was my last day in that apartment. And so I need you to take me to the nursing home. And she, ha he, she hands him the note with the address on it. And then she says, you know, I want to go through downtown. And he says, well, you know, that's not the shortest way. And she says, that's okay. I just want to take a look at the places that I used to work and shop. You know, that's kind of like my last ride out. So he takes her downtown and she starts saying, you know, when I was young, my husband worked there. This is where I used to shop. And she's just recounting all of, you know, her memories in life. And then she says, you know, will you take me by, like, where we used to live? I just want to look at a couple of those houses. And he says, okay. And he says, kind of at that moment, he realizes that this is, like, not the average, ordinary cab ride. For two hours, he drove her all around, anywhere she said she wanted to go. And when they got to the nursing home, he got out with her, and he was taking her luggage up, you know, to the building and he said you know the medical attendants came out and she said to him young man what do I owe you and he said oh there's no charge for this today this was all my pleasure and when he got back in the 
cab. He said, this is the cab ride I'll never forget. He said, you know, that could be my mom. That could be me someday. And so that encompasses the golden rule, the God standard that he sets out to treat other people in the way that we would want to be treated. And, you know, I don't know if Kent Nurburn is a Christian or he's not, but what he did... Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Exemplifies the golden rule. He's now a college professor and a speaker and an author, so cab riding days are far behind him. But, you know, he remembered that cab ride enough to write about it, to make a short movie about it. It stood out. And so one of the things that I want to talk as we open up conversation about the Golden Rule and how it really helps us in our, in our lives, it helps us in our relationships, and it helps our culture, to realize that we can be a part of the Golden Rule whether we're in a job that we don't like, whether we're unemployed, we're at school, or we're at church, we can live out the golden rule with the help of Christ and the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. Matthew 7:12 is what we refer to as the golden rule, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. It says, Do to others whatever you would like for them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. So you think about it, if you look at the law and the prophets, when it all comes down to it, it is treat other people the way that we would want to be treated. And when we do that, you know, God loves us. And when we do that, it really does improve our overall well-being. It also helps our relationships and our culture. So we're going to look at improving our well-being first. Our mental and emotional health is like really a whole lot better if we treat other people the way that we want to be treated. Just even our decision-making ability, when we've decided with the help of Christ and with the Holy Spirit that we're going to treat other people the way that we want to be treated, we make better decisions. For example, when we get on the interstate and somebody cuts us off, if we're living by the golden rule, there's no road rage. <laughs> when somebody at work or church does something that we don't like, if we're living by the golden rule, we don't have to resort to gossip, to slander. It doesn't mean that we don't ever feel annoyed by the things people do. It doesn't mean that we don't ever feel irritated or that we wish they wouldn't do that. It just means we've decided to take God's high road. We've decided that I'm going to live by the golden rule and I'm going to treat other people the way that I want to be treated. So the golden rule helps us live with a renewed mind and it also brings really pleasant boundaries into our life. And here's what I mean when I say that. It is like it puts that boundary of what our behavior or what our conduct can be and where we're not going to transgress. 
We know that that boundary is I'm gonna be good to everybody the way that I'd like them to treat me and no matter what happens, like no matter how hard the day is, because you know how, how we have our excuses. Well, I was really hungry. It was really a long day. Do you know what I'm saying? Just be around some hungry people and see. <laughs> if the cab driver of Kent Nurburn had had a negative mindset, that would have been a lousy cab ride, right? I gotta go there, I gotta wait for this lady to come, I've gotta help her with the luggage, and then she wants to go all around the town and do this and reminisce about this. You know, that's kind of what a negative mindset would do. That's what we call the negative Nancy. And if your name is Nancy, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Maybe we should say negative Ned, I don't know. But with a renewed mindset, we look at things in a more positive light. And the golden rule gives us that standard to live by. God gives us that to keep us safe, to keep us protected, and to keep our well-being on the up and up. Because, you know, when our well-being, like when we start not feeling good, you know, it's um, amazing how we can treat people. And, you know, when we look at the golden rule with that big cab ride, you know, that's like a monumental kind of thing. And most of us, we don't live in that monumental level, right, every single day. Like, that, that just doesn't happen. But the golden rule can apply, for example, even to ice cream. At my house a couple of weeks ago, I decided that I wanted to have some ice cream. And I found about this new brand that's low carb, it's called Arctic Zero. And I found this flavor that I like called Brownie Blast. And so I had it in my head that, you know, just a bowl of this Brownie Blast was gonna solve all of my problems for the day. <laughs> you know, into every girl's life, a little Brownie Blast must fall. So I go to the refrigerator, I get out the container of the Arctic Zero, and I realized that it feels pretty light, you know? So I'm thinking this is not gonna be a big bowl of ice cream. But I've got a positive attitude, right? I'm still gonna enjoy it. I open the container up. You guys, there was maybe one tablespoon in there. So I said to my husband, I said, Mr. Schmelter, I thought we were living by the golden rule over here. If you would have just eaten the rest of it and threw it away, I would have known we needed more ice cream. He's like, what, what? You know how they act like they don't know. What, what did you say? Oh, oh, there's not a lot of ice cream in there. Oh, I didn't know, I didn't know. So I had to live by the golden rule, right? I had to say, okay, well next time, if you would please, it would be just lovely if you would just go ahead and finish the rest of the ice cream so that when I have a really bad day and I need brownie blast to make it all better, that it will be there. I had to like get a well-being without the brownie blast. I don't know, I don't know. And you know, the golden rule improves relationships. Whether it's in a marriage, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, it makes everything better when we have this standard of con con conduct. The golden rule brings security it brings assurance, even in our home, raising up children. It brings us that assurance that um, we're going to handle everything that happens in the household. And you know how it is. We run out of stuff in the household, you know, like the ice cream. People make mistakes in the household. Life happens in the household. 
And when we have the golden rule, it improves everything. And so Lisa Hooks is here with us today. And uh, Lisa is a speaker and an author, and she's part of the Bridges Media team. And she's going to open up conversation about the golden rule in relationships. Thanks, Monica. I have here Deborah Baird. And so, Deborah, how does the golden rule affect the quality of life in relationships? I have found, Lisa, that uh, you know the Word of God says to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. And as we begin to do this, things will change in our life, and we want we will want to treat others as if they're the most important person in their life, and it changes the character of a person, and we will begin to take on the characters of God. That's, that's the way I see it, and that's the way I try to live it. That's great. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Lisa. And you know, you all, that's the whole thing, is that God's Word is about refining our conduct and making it real inside of our lives and inside of our hearts, and so it helps us personally, it helps our household, it also improves our culture. We are the salt, we are the light. And the word of God says in John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Just think about that, our love for one another. When we really love one another, our conduct brings healing. Just as Deborah Baird was saying, it brings healing to our character, it shows other people. If you look, for example, at a crisis pregnancy center and the work that they do in their community, that work speaks of love. That work speaks of help. That work is if a woman finds herself in a crisis pregnancy, an unplanned pregnancy, and she has that thought, because it's legal to abort, and she has that thought, maybe she has that temptation, Maybe she has that pressure of, you know what, you just need to take care of this because that's what, how people refer to it. But a crisis pregnancy says to people that are in the middle of a crisis in their lives, you know, we love and we want to help. We want to provide other alternatives. We want to, you know, maybe give you an ultrasound, get you some medical care, show you where you can get some resources, listen to what's going on with you and help you to figure out what would be, you know, maybe the mom, maybe it's just a temporary struggle, and if she just has a little bit of help, she'll want to keep that baby. But even if that's not the decision, even if it's to put the child up for adoption, what an honorable thing. And a crisis pregnancy center saying, you know, we want to help. We don't just want to say, because the Bible does say, thou shalt not kill. And that's good that we say that, and that's good that we believe that. But it's good to consider a person who might be in the middle of a crisis and cannot even think straight, and that crisis pregnancy center can help. I remember my husband and I, we only have one son, and when I was 25, I became pregnant. We had been married about three years at that time, and one of the hospital tests that we had said that it would be a high likelihood that our son would have Down syndrome. I'm going to tell you, that sent shock into me. I have a brother with Down syndrome. When I shared with people about that test result, I cannot tell you how many Christian people said to me, you just need to have an abortion. And, you know, obviously I didn't, and our son is really smart and gifted, and, and the test was wrong, 
but I understood the temptation in a new way when you've got all that pressure coming on you. And I was disappointed in adults that were older than me that had known the Lord that said, you don't want to do this. So you are so young. This is so early in your marriage. You don't want to do this. And my husband would, would grab my hand and, and, and I would be crying and upset. And he would say, whatever happens, this is our child. We're going to believe for a healthy baby and a healthy pregnancy, and God answered that. But there was a lot of turmoil, and the doctors treated me differently based on that decision, and I even got a new doctor because I, I just couldn't take that, this is what you need to do. You know, he kept saying, you know, he kept saying to me, my wife is a geneticist, and that the chances, this is just not a good situation. So when I look at the work of a crisis pregnancy center, I look at offering that option of we want to help you. We want to treat you the way that we'd like to be treated if we were in that situation. You all, it can be so easy, you know, for us to stand in judgment of other people. We can look at people and say, well, you know, they shouldn't have made that choice. You made that, those choices. That's what got you there. And, you know, that could be true. But what about if that was us? And what about if that was our child? Or what about if that was our grandchild? Do we have enough of that golden rule in us to say, I'm still going to treat you with respect, and I'm going to treat you with dignity, even if we disagree? There is so much on social media today that I find troubling. Do you all find any of it troubling? And I look at people who I know love Jesus and some of the things that they say and they post and the arguments and the, and the Bible says don't have anything to do with foolish arguments, with division, with controversy. And yet people will post something and then, you know, they'll put just saying, well, this is what I think. It's like... <laughs> And I think, you know, if we could all just grasp the golden rule that God's standard of conduct for our lives personally and corporately to treat others the way that we want to be treated. And even if we disagree, I, I know this will be shocking to some of you. Even if we disagree with people, life's going to go on right? It's going to be okay. We're going to all live to see another day. We don't have to convince people to worship God exactly the, the way that we do. We don't have to convince people that they're wrong. Convincing people that they're wrong is the job of who? The Holy Spirit. God. He does that, and He does it much better than we do it. You know, there are times when I experience that conviction. I'll tell you, a person could have told me that 122 times. And I might know it, but I've got no ability to change it, right? I need the Holy Spirit's conviction. I need the Holy Spirit's help. And if we'll just remember, we are not the Holy Spirit. We are people made in the image of God. We are sons. We are daughters. And he says to us that with him, that nothing is impossible. <coughs> This means we can live by the golden rule. 
With God, it is totally possible not to have road rage. With God, it's totally possible not to return insult for insult. Because, you know, the lie is or the temptation is in those moments that we get hurt or somebody does something wrong and, you know, we want to pay back for exactly what they did. The lie in that is that we're going to feel better after we do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to tell them exactly what I think and then I'm going to feel better. Yeah, well, we don't. We don't. We don't feel better. That's the lie. And that is the trap of Satan. He wants us to take it so that not only do we make that mistake by saying what doesn't need to be said, then he'd love to gloat that we feel bad over it. And I'm tired of helping him to win. So I've decided to resign from all of that and that my motto is just to live by the golden rule and that I can love everybody and I can be happy with everybody, whether they agree with me, whether they don't, if they like me, if they don't like me, if they like me today and don't like me tomorrow. Isn't that funny how people do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like if we're agreeing, oh, we're wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, the standard of the golden rule is God's golden standard to improve our well-being, to improve our relationships, and to improve our culture, it is to make us win in this life and to live in victory. We want you to stay with us. When we come back, we're going to come back with just a little bit more on the golden rule. Would you like to be a part of a Bridges Studio Audience production? Visit monicaschmelter.com slash calendar to sign up. You can purchase a copy of today's show for $15. Call us at 615-754-0039 or send a check to the address on your screen. Be sure to mention the program number. If you are just joining us today on Bridges, we are talking about the golden rule. And we've been talking about how following the golden rule really improves our overall well-being, our relationships, and our culture. And so I thought that we should open up conversation about the Golden Rule. So Lisa Hooks and Jennifer McGill are up here on a panel today to do that. And Lisa, tell me your thoughts on the Golden Rule and how we can best use those in our lives. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry. Your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Monica, I think one of the key components to living out the golden rule is having empathy, mm-hmm. putting ourselves in the shoes of others. You know, we can be very judgmental. Yeah. And with all of the conflict going on, we can make our judgments and make our statements. But do we put ourselves in that person's shoes? When we put ourselves in other people's shoes, we have a tendency to wonder, how would I feel in this situation? How would I react in this situation? What solutions would I come up with in this situation? So I think empathy is a key part of doing that. I do too. And empathy is something that we can cultivate and develop in our lives. So Jennifer, (laughs) 
let's talk about the golden rule here. I mean, we need more of it for sure. And I do appreciate practical application advice. I do think that uh, if your feathers are ruffled, that's a great flag to start with. If yeah. you have no <laughs> idea how to start navigating, well, am I applying the golden rule day to day? Mm -hmm. uh, is it good to be angry at the person who cut in front of me? Do I have a good reason for that? Maybe. Yeah. But are my feathers ruffled? And so if you feel emotionally agitated or offended, let that just be the first step in brain training to just take a, take a moment and go, okay, well, why? Is there a way that, that I can inject more Jesus into this situation? Just, just to help yourself along. Nobody's perfect. Exactly. But maybe just as a day-to-day, moment-moment, breathing in and out idea. Are my feathers ruffled? What can I do about that? Can I change that? Yeah. And I think, Jennifer, you know, as you said, you know, can I be angry about that? And the answer is yes, we can be angry. The Bible says to be angry and sin not. I think that's part of cultivating the golden rule. I'm certainly not advocating that. You know, because some people live in what I would call like a spiritual la-la land. Have you ever met them? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's, they just, ah, that's not the golden rule. <laughs> You said it right. The golden rule is when our feathers are ruffled. Right. That, that's the only way we can know. We, we, can't, we don't have control over anybody else. We can't guess if someone else is offended or if they have a good reason mm -hmm. for saying what they said or if they're speaking Christianese and we have no idea what they mean by unicorns and glitter, praise <laughs> Jesus. Well, okay, but what, what can we do with that? Like, how can we navigate and be the best that we can be in the situation? Yeah. yeah. And showing grace. You know, when our feathers are ruffled, yep. do we show the grace? Mm -hmm. Do we take a moment to say, you know what, I'm going to let this go. I'm going to release that. Or do we just dive right in <laughs> and react? Yes. Yes. I think part of following the golden rule and really being an honest and transparent Christ follower means that we acknowledge when our ruffled, you know, when our feathers are ruffled, or whatever I was going to say, feathers ruffled, <laughs> or when we feel angry or irritated. I think we, we need to be honest about that, but that we choose but with the help and the grace of God not to act on all of that, right. you know, and I think that that's a place that I pray that we're all coming to, to really want to be authentic and to be real, because Lisa, I think people have had enough of the fake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, authenticity is the key. We see right through it, don't we? The fake, we see through it. And so when we believe that the person is being honest with us, truthful with us, then we have a tendency to show more compassion ourselves, right? Be more understanding ourselves. So you're absolutely right, Monica. Yeah. So what I did, because, you know, this is really, as I said, it's, it's my new motto, the golden rule. So I, I think that there's something to signing something, to making it real, to make that commitment. So Cheryl Griffin is in our studio audience, and Cheryl, if you would pass these, all these are is the golden rule uh, challenge card. It says, I accept the golden rule challenge, and on it, and I'll give you one Lisa and one to Jennifer, and on it, it just says, I accept the golden rule challenge, the scripture, Matthew 7, 12, do to others whatever you would like for them to do. This is the essence of all that's taught in the law and prophets, and it's got a place to sign it and date it. And I asked Cheryl to give two copies to everybody because I thought you should sign one copy to take home and one copy to leave here. So if you've only got one, we'll make sure you get the second copy. We want to make a wall here at WHEN of the Golden Rule Challenge to commemorate this day. 
And I want to say to all of you who are watching, we are going to have these challenge cards up on the website that you can print them and sign them. And I'm really encouraging people, like if you lead a homeschool group or teach a Sunday school class or you have a life group or even if you're a business owner, this is a great standard of conduct and challenge to implement. I find that when you tell people, this is how we're going to act and this is how we're going to do, you know, lead this life group or this is how we're going to work this out, people respond to that, don't they, Lisa? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Very responsive to that. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? What do you think? I think that when you allow an individual to take ownership mm -hmm. and, and really almost make it like it's, it's my idea, it's my choice, yeah. I, I feel that they are more motivated to keep up with it. Yeah. And there's just something, I think, about signing something mm -hmm. that makes all of the difference. And I wanted, exactly, yeah. Yeah. it's like you get to commemorate a day. So I wanted for all of you that are watching to be able to participate with this too, to just say, I accept the golden rule challenge. And when we accept that, it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, but it means that we're really going to work with God's help. And what do you do, Lisa, if, if it, something happens and you think, oh, I didn't follow the golden rule. How do you handle it? I just repent and do better. Do the next best thing. Amen. Amen. You know, what we do is we start where we are. And so today, I accept the golden rule challenge. That's our challenge for today. And I believe that as we live by this, it will improve our overall well-being. I mean, we're just going to be happier because we're doing right. And it's going to help our relationships. And that's going to make us much better, too. And then it's going to improve our culture. And our culture needs an infusion of love and the golden rule. Thanks for joining us. The blood of Christ is the only cure. It gets down to the root of every single thing that ails us. There's not an addiction. There's not a generational curse. There's not any root of sin. There's nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your event. found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose have you ever found yourself on the ledge my name is billy yates i'm a caring father mentor and friend in my new podcast billy and the goat i share the life-changing events that shaped who i am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen god can help you get up and thrive listen now at lifeaudio.com